and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Review Show. It's not been a happy few weeks at What The Fork or at Sunland, but a late win over Ipswich Town means the smiles are at least temporarily back in our faces. We'll dig deep into the game, but before we do, I just want to say it's the first time we've actually recorded since the sad passing of well-known and, and well-loved Sunland fan, Graham Wright. I think I speak for all of us when I say our thoughts are with his family at this really difficult time. Um, I'm sure that win was, was for you yesterday, Graham. And, and joining us on today's show is one man in the red and white corner, Dave. Um, how are you, mate? Morning after, you okay? Yeah, very well, mate. Nice to, uh, nice to be back after a win, for, after, a, like you say, a tough couple of weeks and then as you say, very, very rightly and very poignant. Just uh, uh, another uh, what affirmation of of how good a bloke Graham was. Didn't know him too well, but yeah, I think all the Twitter messages tell you everything you need to know about the bloke. So yeah, yeah, yeah. rest in peace. Same here, mate. Obviously, um, really, really sad, but the the outpouring of like affection from and 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 someone I'd never met, truth be told, but obviously had seen on the, the fan channels, but. Someone who's seemed to be really warmly remembered, and some of his train stuff that I've seen online, his, his announcements are just brilliant. So um, he's left some fantastic memories for some people, and I'm, I'm pleased that we won from yesterday. Craig, flip side for you, um, a defeat. But how are you feeling the morning after? Sometimes a good night's sleep helps, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Hi, Graham. Hi, Dave. Um, yeah, the sun's out, mate. That's as much as I'm going to go into it. <laughs> and even then, it's supposed to stop. Raining once I start to take little boy to football. It's supposed to start pretty much as I leave the house. So, yeah, that's going to sum up my weekend, I reckon. That sounds like something for the last month, that, doesn't it? Um, or the last four years, if you prefer. Um, as I said, sort of in the intro, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, we'll fall in the morning after the game, so we've had a good sleep. Um, sadly, not enough drinks for my liking, but there you go. Um, it was a fairly boring game in, in many ways, but there is actually plenty of talking points, so... Um, in a short snippet, Dave, so we're not tip- talking all the main talking points straight away and ruining the show immediately. <laughs> how, how do you assess the game? Uh, phrase, phrase of the day, back to basics, mate. Literally, don't get beat. I think that was probably the remit, which sounds quite negative. But we dug in there. The quality maybe wasn't there, but the endeavour was, you know, chasing the ball down the pitch, stuff like that. We got back to basics. Yeah, we've held on a, a I suppose almost maybe he's flipped a little bit and almost like an away team performance. Dug in as much that. as we yeah, dug in as much as we possibly could and then got our reward rewards, if that's what you want to call it, for not having a shot on target for eighty odd minutes and then the ball hitting off Luke O'Nine's fifty pence head. So yeah, wins a win, mate. We needed it. Um otherwise that could have been that could have been quite nasty for Lee Johnson yesterday. I think thirty-one thousand in the crowd. I get the feeling if we get beat, it probably wouldn't have been the nicest reception at the end of the game. So, yeah, onwards and upwards. When you said the phrase that they would be back to basics, I kind of ever imagine Lee Johnson being that short and he's team talk. <laughs> imagine him just coming in and go, "Lads, back to basics." I was like, "Fucking hell, someone replaced Lee Johnson." What I'm going to do is when Craig's undoubtedly going to give a. Uh, his little bit of a, a, a remit on the game. I'm going to try and think of how Lee Johnson would word back to basics in his terminology. Probably something to do with aquarium sharks, Mondays, stuff like that. I was going to say Zoom runs out after 40 minutes, so make it <laughs> make it shorter if you can. Um, obviously, it's a team that won the game, Craig. You can hear we're relatively happy. It's been a tough few weeks, but 
I can imagine on the flip side, there's a ton of frustration from Ipswich because really, if we're honest, it was a game that could have been won by either side or, or neither and drawn. Um, how's the Ipswich fan base and yourself reacted to the defeat? Yeah, I think, well, it, first and foremost, it's not really the first time this sort of performance and the result of the back of it has happened to us, unfortunately. Um, even as Dave was saying there about the crowd and stuff, we, you could feel like 10 minutes in, things were starting to get a bit edgy because, you know, for the first, certainly for the first half of the first half, you know, we had, what, 70% possession. I think the stats popped up on the, on the screen at, at that point. Um, you know, we were controlling, pretty much controlling the majority of the game, if not, you know, having multitude of chances on, on goal, maybe two or three in the first half and then you know, nothing in the second half. But we seem to have the ability to, we've got enough, we've got enough good players to control a game of football. Yeah, we can play at our own pace. We, once we get the ball, it's, it's relatively difficult to get it back of us. But what we're not particularly great at is creating loads of chances off the back of it. So what, what a bit like yourselves, we've been very reliant on our striker scoring the, the few chances that he gets coming his way, you know, which Macaulay Bond has been doing for us. He's been a bit off the boil last three or four matches. And as a result, our results haven't really matched the performances because, as I say, we don't create hundreds and hundreds of chances per match. Um what was noticeable he said about Johnson, I don't I'm not a great fan of Johnson, to be honest. Um, and you could just tell that he was play he was playing to the crowd because even decisions I know that we could talk about refs all day, but even decisions that the ref was going to give to you guys but just like played on. He was his arms were still in the air, he was turning to the crowd and you know, whooping them up, sort of things. Get on our side. I'd I'd have been intrigued to know that even if it had finished nil-nil, but you know, if you guys had lost and certainly gone one-nil down when Selena had a couple of good chances in the first half, I'd, I'd have been intrigued to know what the uh, the atmosphere would have been like. It was an odd game in many ways. I mean, there was, there was a point where I think, it was literally about five minutes before the goal, I think about ten minutes before the goal, where I just, I didn't actually say anything, I just kind of held my head and went, oh, and the lad next to me who I've sat next to since the Premier League years, which is sadly a long, long way away, um, just went, oh, just League One, in it? And I went, I, I. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I want to be more assessed, like better assessment on it. Um, I'd still be better than Danny Murphy, to be fair. But um, that's my that's my assessment on almost but every game in league one. Now it's, it's just uh, amazing, it's just amazing, isn't it? How much a goal or two can just sort of take the edge off a performance yeah. and make you look at it in a completely different manner. And it's the same for every single football fan. You, know, you go and you, as Dave says, you know, crikey, you haven't had a shot for eighty odd minutes, and we we'd have probably been disappointed to come out of that with a draw. And in the end. We're heading down the A1 with a two-nil defeat. There's there's very little room for for nuance, isn't there? In in football, yeah. it's like if you win, you're the best team in the world. If you lose, everyone deserves to get sacked. And I'm pleased to say I'm part of that crowd, <laughs> as you can tell by listening. Yeah, you're not to alone, you. mate. You're not alone. No, you can listen to the previous podcast. When we lose, everyone deserves to get sacked. <laughs> Um, that's true. That's not true. I think I'm a bit more balanced than that. But um, the the big one, Dave, for me was the starting lineup. I'm going to be honest. Um, we went down with the, the Scottish bunch yesterday, and and someone explained to me what the starting lineup was, and that was another oh, moment. And he went, yeah, yeah, I feel a bit like that. But obviously, Corey Evans um, alongside Dan Neal in the middle, Luke Nine dropped into left back. Nathan Broadhead, who I really like, quiet game yesterday, but back in. What were your thoughts originally on the, the start in 11 before the game? Yeah, it's, it's exactly like you both just did do before. It's kind of, it just felt, no matter what 11 he put out yesterday, I think we'd have just been like, all right, 
Doyle's at centre half, we love him. And Dan Nails in the middle, we love him. Ross Stewart is just the best footballer in the world. We have an appreciation of him on this show every every time we're on. So yeah, we'd always we always love to see them guys in. Then after that, you just kind of like eh, more League One footballers, brilliant. Just yeah. kind of here we go again. Um, you know, Gooch has been out of action for quite a while. Started coming back in the last couple of weeks. Hard to get excited about Lugo and I moving to left back, which. I mean, Luke, Luke O'Nine could have his own show. He could have his own podcast. Of, he like, really could, couldn't he? He's got to that oh, point it's now. Brilliant. It's just brilliant listening to... And, and I've, I've got my own opinion. My own opinion is, and I know you quite like him, he's not the greatest footballer in the world. Yes, he tries. But I'm sure for like eight grand a week, that we could go and try every week. Do you know what I mean? Or four grand, whatever it is. I'll do it for a grand. <laughs> yeah, but, yes, <laughs> yeah to, to be quite honest, exactly that. So, yeah, um, just hard to get excited about. But, yeah, it was, I guess the team looked workmanlike, if nothing else. Yeah. And I guess that's the performance we got out of it. So, in that respect, yeah, fair play. It's it's just so frustrating, isn't it, to have gone from, I guess, did it all start turning when Corey Evans got injured? I guess it did because he was settled in there. He was looking quite classy. It was woeful yesterday. I thought Evans like yeah, geez. just it's just gone a bit flat. And maybe that's because he's like he's been out for a couple of weeks. Then he was on the bench for a couple of games and just needs to find it again. But he certainly hit the ground running. We were, I mean, some of the challenges he was putting in the first couple good, of weeks, he? he was here. Oh, he was through the man, but through the ball as well. It was unbelievable. So yeah, uh, uh, all I all I saw pre-game yesterday was people tweeting, "Yes, yes, Luke O'Neill, he's not in centre midfield. He's not in centre midfield. It's terrible, isn't it, when you're going into a game like with that negativity, really? But that's what Son and Dude us. So yeah, yeah. If Ross Stewart was playing, mate, so I couldn't care less who else was playing. It's like if if in twenty years' time, the Gary Rowell song of one to fifteen doesn't come into play for Ross Stewart. <laughs> I'm like I'm supporting someone else. Simple we, as that. We need a, a decent Ross Stewart chant. I mean, there is that one, but I'm, I'm not sure on it. Um, <laughs> on the flip side, uh, Craig, I, I, I'm a bit of a. I was going to say football stato, which is another word for a total saddle. Um, I like to go on other teams' forums when the, the team man comes out because at the end of the day, no matter how long I'm here, the uh, the turnover of players at every club, and especially Ipswich this season, means that you can't really get used to who plays for, for who. There's one or two players here and there. And I noticed that there was a lot of Ipswich fans not massively happy that Chaplin didn't start yesterday. And they were really upset that Edwards was playing. Apparently, he's not impressed. How did Ipswich fans see the, the lineup before the game yesterday? Yeah, pretty, pretty much that. So, in, t- in terms of um, fans' general demeanour, we, we're, we're pretty positive, actually, um, despite. Finding us currently finding ourselves languishing around mid-table, but as you say, you know we turned over so many players. You know, we pretty much got rid of twenty and brought in twenty over the summer. And the first month or two of the season was very much just give them time to gel, just give them time to gel. They're brand new players, blah blah. blah despite how good they are, um, and it has clicked once or twice. You know, we scored four at Ports, we've scored four at Wickham, and we sort of thought with your guys' you know, current form, we 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 were actually looking. Quite positive and quite positively for a win. Um, actually, in terms of the lineup, yeah, Ch- 
Selena, who played number 10 yesterday, he's, um, he used to be he used to play for Man City. We had him on loan from Man City a, a few years ago. Um, and then he moved permanently to Swansea in the championship. And then he moved over to France. And we've actually got him on loan currently from, from France, Dijon in France. Um, and he started in number 10. But then Chaplin, Connor Chaplin, who we got from Barnsley, we persuaded to drop down uh, from the championship to Barnsley. They sort of in swap between playing number 10 between the two of them. One of them has three or four games. And then if one of them gets injured or slightly off form, the other one will come in. So, yes, yeah, Selena, similar to what I said about Macaulay Bond being off the ball, Selena last couple of games has been no, not been bad, but not we've, we've got such a depth of squad that we can afford to bring in Connor Chaplin, who isn't a downgrade on Selena. Similarly, Edwards, as you say, he's he's quick, um, he's direct, he, he'll never stop running at his fullback with the ball, but he's yet to have an assist or a goal this season. So it's just, we're still actually trying, Paul Cook's still trying to find that balance of, he's got so many players and on paper, so many good players, he's still trying to find out which ones are the ones that are going to click and he can hang his hat on for 10 games to, to give us some sort of mental. You know, we're winning one game, two games, then losing one game. We're, we're just not getting momentum, which is why we're edging towards eighth or ninth and then dropping down again to 10th or 11th. You know, we're just up and down, up and down along, along, our, along with our results, really. So, yeah, as you say, it wouldn't have been a surprise to see Scott Fraser... Um, playing instead of Edwards. It wouldn't have been a surprise to see Chaplin instead of Selena, but, you know, it's probably a toss of the coin. Saying that, they'll probably start the next game on the back of yesterday's result, I'd have thought. Where did you probably. see that? Selena on loan from? Selena's from Dijon. Is it fair to say he's not cutting the mustard then? Uh, you're not the first hey. person. You are not the first person to, have, to have shoehorn that gag in, mate. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm definitely not a comedian. I'm barely a host. Um, was... It's probably, just to quickly put out there, it's probably a bit of a four par by Paul Cook, if I'm honest, because if there is traditionally in the last 433 years of someone playing in League One, players, that's how long it feels, by the way. Um, if there is two players who traditionally have a good game against Sunderland and raise their game out of this stratosphere, it would be Connor Chaplin and Scott Fraser. Yeah, I they always that. have. Like Connor Chaplin, absolutely despises us. Whether he's been a Barnsley, whether he's been a Pombey, he just always, yeah, Cov, or just always has a good game against us. So he's probably missed a bit of a trick there, which I'm more than happy to take. I, I totally forgot Scott Fraser even was at Ipswich. Obviously, a player that I would have liked to see us sign a few years ago. He's obviously spent time up in Scotland, so I've seen him there as well. But he, has he not been getting in the side recently, Craig? Scott Fraser, because if you want to lend us him, I'm, I'm all right with it. Yeah, he's been injured, mate. He he, he started ah. the season. Um, yeah, he started the season um, and then and then got injured. So he's 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 literally coming back the last week or so. He's been he was on the bench. He played in the FA Cup during the week um, in the replay, and he's sort of edging back to fitness now. But the issue we've got with him is where to where to fit him into the team because we've got Selena playing number 10. We've got Chaplin potentially playing number 10. Fraser's more of a central player than a, than a wide player. So we've been putting him out on the left wing. That's where he started the season. So that's I'd imagine where he'll play uh, in the next match. I think he's a great player. Completely yeah, he's a tidy player. Yeah. Um, Dave, we've discussed it a little bit, but we, we'll touch on it. Um, team lineup yesterday, 09 at left back. There's a lot of people saying he's not a midfielder. I've got to be honest, at the start of the season, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I think he'll be all right. I don't think he is. Um, 
I think he's a fullback. I don't know if he's a left back. I think he's a, probably a right back. But his performance yesterday, solely the performance yesterday, indicates that he's probably a defender, not a midfielder. Yeah, I, I said it. I said last season, and it, the thing is, the thing that will make him a good defender is his enthusiasm, because it's an absolute art. You talk about natural finishes. We always talk about the luxury of natural finishes and flair players and stuff like that. But to defend is an actual art. The desire to go and put your head where nobody wants to put your head and to put your body on the line, throw yourself in front of blocks. He's got an abundance. And that counts for quite a bit, because when you see certain other defenders that we've had I've go back to people like Denver Hume he's not he looks as always very tentative going into a challenge he, he's he's quite good on the ball he's quite good going forward but he, he just doesn't in it, Denver. well that's true yeah <laughs> so hence the reason that we play our star star inverted commas centre midfielder at left back um, so yeah I, I think it probably is for him he's probably not going to play right back until Winchester comes out of form or until he gets injured. Um, but yeah, that does. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if that new contract like had a clause in it that Lugo and I must play every game. That um, is interesting that, that cause I, I thought the fact that we should want Dan Neal in at left back at some point was maybe there was maybe truth in it that he said, you're going to play midfield, but then him going yesterday, they said, they said we're going to enter the free agent market because obviously Sirkin, I think is a big blow. Um, I've been really impressed by Sirkin. Obviously Denver Hume's consistently injured. Um, and I great Denver Hume, to be honest. Um, but I suppose he's a specialist inverted commas left back if if Sirkin's injured but they're both out for a considerable amount of time they said they're going to look in the free agent market I think I'd be okay with going down at left back if it keeps him out of centre midfield mate I'm happy (laughs) 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 which again it sounds so negative it's vile but he put a great ball in yesterday for Ross Stewart which to be fair Ross Stewart should normally be bagging that but that was a cracking ball in that considering he's he's left foot and he's, he's right footed but I just feel like his performance yesterday sort of indicated that even when he's on the wrong side of, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously right-footed, um, he still looked better than he, he did in midfield. He's just looked lost in midfield. And I suppose if you're out of form and lacking confidence, then you're going to look poor in any position. And he looked decent yesterday, I thought. But then on the flip side, another big decision was McGeady didn't play. I'm not going to say that's a wrong decision. I would probably play him because I, I really like him, but he has been out of form. I can understand it. But when he came on, we did step up a gear. no... No coincidence that our shots on target came not long after he came on. Is is Aidan McGeady now going to be the final 20 minutes win a game if it's nil-nil? There's potentially that, or I think we've both said plenty of times over the months, he's a number 10. You do not want to be playing him on the wing because, again, yesterday, everything pointed team selection, way that we set up, workman-like performance. And unfortunately... McGeady will try and track back and stuff, but one, he's normally that far up the pitch and he's that old. I can attest to being 35 year old and your legs not working very well. Um, Snap. He, yeah, he he just can't make it back. He he tries for 15 yards, but the other 30 yards eludes him a little bit too much. So for me, he's a number 10. He's a luxury. Um, yeah, if we've got to use him the last 20 minutes, and that's fine. Broadhead was clearly there for. 
as silly as it sounds, because we've all enjoyed watching broadheads in in little bits and pieces going forward, especially like cup games. He's and he's played up front. These these look very sharp, but he was clearly there to do the backtracking and help Lugo nine out, which is fair enough. Um, you know, same with Gooch on it. That like it felt like Broadhead dropped back and he was in the ten row, but dropped back, but then Gooch on the left hand side. Exactly. I felt like Gucci was there because he gave you a bit more defensive protection than maybe a McGeady would as well. So that's it. I think any Sunderland fan will probably tell you if Lyndon Gucci has had a good game in the past however many years, it's probably been a right wing back. And that's yeah. potentially what he is. Bloody horrible, isn't it? To go from what, let's say a month ago, where we were zipping the ball around, playing really nice football, doing some good stuff. You know, the reason that he'll have started Dan Neal at left back and Winchester at right back at the beginning of the season, apart from the fact that we haven't had a right back to play there. But the fact is they're both footballers. So we play out from the back. We're confident. We get the ball out there wide early and start playing from there. Obviously, that's kind of gone a little bit by the wayside since we've been out of confidence. And and as as uh, Lee Johnson said the other day, we need a bit of soul search and a bit of emotional healing. Yeah. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Uh so yeah, it's yeah, if all night I think you're right. I think he probably is a full back. And suppose you've only got that thing with his shoulder. Obviously, if his shoulder goes in, we've literally got no left back. But then I suppose there's an argument for playing Lyndon Gooch there, dare I say it. I'll get panned for saying that. Oh shit. Um but it's just, I mean, we're down to that, we're down to that point now. But um, obviously, we've got about 10 minutes or so left, and there's two big talking points, probably specifically one from both of us, one definitely for Ipswich. The opening goal was stupid. Um, I mean, I loved it, don't get me wrong, it was fantastic, but slow motion. Um, it's fair to say, Craig, from, from what I've seen and what I've read, one of your better players throughout the season, including at the start, has been obviously Christian Walton in goal. Um you must be tearing your hair out of what he did yesterday, though, surely, Craig. Yeah, and the thing is as well, he'd, he'd, he'd had a couple of crosses or a couple of corners before that, and he does what he normally does. You know, the guy's he's a mountain, you know, six foot five, six foot six, whatever it happens to be, and he, he, collects, he comes out and collects it, which is what you need in the league one, isn't it? You need keepers that are strong in the box, will come for all the crosses, will come for all the corners, it lets the central defenders know where they stand, etc., etc. Um and he, he's actually taken the place of, I don't know if you know, there's a guy from Salford we bought in the summer, Hladke, um, who was like the League Two goalkeeper of the season last year. And he came in and started um, in August as our, as our number one. And he was as ropey as anything. He was as nervous as a kid and he just looked all over the shop. And we, we brought Christian Walton in, on the, in you know, towards the end of the transfer deadline, towards the end of the window, sorry, because he's obviously played with Paul Cook before and won promotion with Wigan, etc. And he's just been solid, you know, he's, you can just hang your hat on him. You haven't got to worry about him. He can kick. His handling's good. He comforts crosses, blah, blah, blah. And as you say yesterday, yeah, just had a brain fart, didn't he? He got stuck in a bit of traffic at the far post. Um, and your man 09, who'd been a bit of a panto villain um, from, from our perspective, didn't you know, didn't jump, did he? Didn't even leave the floor. He's got, he's surrounded by six foot two central defenders and he just stands there and even then he tried to header it into the ground and over the bar, didn't he? I mean, watching the goal was weird because it was like the cross came in and you were like, well, the keeper's got that. That's like, it was Pritchard, I think, who put the cross in. And they just missed everyone. And then there's all nine at the back just who, yeah, I mean, it was like he did a squat, didn't he? Pretty much. Yeah. And just like nodded. I mean, we'll take it, I suppose. But I suppose it's, 
we we've had issues with goalkeepers, and and I think you're right in what you're saying. I was surprised to see. I know he was unknown at Cambridge, but um, Thomas Holy was always quite good at Gillingham. Is he completely out the picture for you now, or is he is he maybe back in the picture after yesterday? Or yeah, he well he he's now our third choice goalkeeper basically, and he again he's another man mountain. You know, he's even taller than Christian Walton, but he doesn't come for as many crosses. To be fair, he, he doesn't play how you would expect him to, given his size. If you know him, but. He's a decent enough League One goalkeeper, but, you know, Christian Walton has been a level above, certainly above Hladke, who's been a real disappointment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he won't get dropped or anything like that. He's he's our number one for the rest of the season, hopefully, if he doesn't get dragged back by Brighton in the, in January. Yeah, well, it's the, from, isn't it? yeah. The thing that you'll, you, that you now, I'm going to fill you in a bit of information, Craig. We have what's called at the Stadium of Light, and it strikes upon our own keepers. It strikes against opposition keepers. But we have what's called a, called the curse of camp, and literally, it just happens every now and again. Like Lee Camp's inner spirit descends upon the Stadium of Light, and just makes a keeper have a shocker. Nine times out of ten, it's our keeper. But we got lucky yesterday, and Lee Camp helped us out a little bit. If you look really closely, done. Craig, you'll see that go- your goalkeeper's hands actually turned into poppadoms, and it was just Lee <laughs> Camp coming back. But... Oh, don't get me wrong. You know, we, we've we've um, benefited. From at least on a, two occasions from goalkeeping, um, we'll call them shockers, shall we? I was going to use a different word, but Macaulay Bond, you know, he's he's hidden behind a goalkeeper and when he's thrown out to the floor, Nick's behind him and scored a goal. And another one, he's closed down the goalkeeper at Pompey and nicked off him as he was trying to pass out. So, you know, we, we'll, we'll take a, one or two on the, the other way around. And meanwhile, Morgan has scored 94th minute winners from the halfway line. There Christ, what a goal that was. <laughs> Not bad. Um, the <clears throat> final talking point, is probably the biggest one in ways. I think you touched on it before off air, Craig. The game was probably from an Ipswich perspective, felt like it was done, but it sealed up for us in a way. Um, I can't understand where or how it was a penalty. I'll take it, no problem at all. Um, but before I ask you if it was a penalty, and I'll come to you first, Dave. Was Ross Stewart's a penalty earlier on? Was that maybe calmer in a way? Yeah, <clears throat> certainly seemed a bit more clear cut, didn't it? Than, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Craig's attested to it plenty of times already. League One refs, League One officials, they they just got a mind of their own, and and it it, it <laughs> kind of yeah. I mean, what more can you say other than that? But they've they've got their their mind of their own, and they just every now and again, whether someone's getting in their head at half time, some. They just try to level the playing field up and they just go, all right, instead of just going, right, I've made one bad decision a day, it's like, I'm going to make two bad decisions to correct it. And <laughs> like, I'm sure there's something in the Bible, not that I'm like biblical in any sense of the meaning, but it's something like an eye for an eye or two wrongs don't make a right or something like that. It's, yeah, idiots. A lot of them, they're just idiots. Come to what the fourth, get Bible passages. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I looked at it yesterday, Craig, at, uh, when I got back in the house on Quest. Um, and I was like, I've got to bear in mind that referees make decisions on a split second, um, whereas I have a bit more time to look at it. But I really did study it to try and convince myself it was a penalty. I don't think it was. <laughs> um, and I was like, is his hand in an unnatural position? Y- yeah, that's what it must be. But I, I mean, I'll, like I say, I'll take it. But I, if I'm going to complain about referees when decisions go against us, I've got to have a bit of complaints when, even maybe when they, well, not complaint, but 
pick it out when it when it goes against us. But can you see how it was given? Well, look, as you say, was his hand in a natural position? Well, it was hanging down the side of his body, so probably probably <laughs> not. But we had we had our we have our own little WhatsApp chat for the Blue Monday pod, and we were saying there's a couple of guys who were up there with you watching the match, and we, we, you just know if that was the Premier League, it wouldn't get overturned and not given. Once it's given, it's it wouldn't be overturned and, and nullified or whatever or, or scrubbed off. But I think it's just the laws are an ass um, in that respect. I, it, yeah. By that point, I had it. It was gone. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, as you say, Graeme, if, if we're going to moan and groan about League One, the only way you're going to stop moaning and groaning about League One referees is to get the hell out of League One, isn't it? Because every every club is having exactly the same conversation after every match, every single week. It's it's not good. We know what it we know what it is. Unfortunately, you just got to get the hell out, and then you can moan and groan about the Championship refs instead. Yeah, that sounds absolutely perfect to me. To be honest with you, I'd love to get out of this place. That is the yeah, best way to get rid of me. Well, I was going to say, we are trying our damnedest to get out of this bloody league. We have, honestly... We're here forever, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ending, ending it on a positive note there, you're here forever. No one seems to leave the division. That's what's... It's just more, more and more clubs are joining us, but no, no one ever seems to disappear. Seeing, it's funny seeing, like, I think Tom Walsh alluded to on the Wiseman Say podcast about all the Derby fans who know what's coming and they're like, yeah. oh, it'll be fine, you know, everyone will get back together and we'll get our club back. You're not. Yeah. You're definitely not. Things are going all to those get new, so All those new worse. grounds you get to go to. What, that, that, was, that was literally our remit in the first season. Oh, yeah, we get to go through someone's backyard to get into Kenilworth Road and stuff like that. And, like, here they are playing championship football while we're still playing Cheltenham on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I've, I've got a quote Tom Walsh on that when he said one of the big things was like, oh, cheap tickets, Luton charges 28 quid. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, final talking point, because the time is point Zoom is telling me I've got to upgrade. Um, I've been upgraded for a long, long time and it's not really worth the 49. And I've got to be honest, Zoom, <laughs> if you are listening. Um, for Sunderland, obviously the win leaves us in sixth. Games in hand, that could fire us up to third, I think. Joint second on if we win the games in hand, which is a... <laughs> podcast on its own um but in theory you know we talk about the game as always and i always say we try to take the game in isolation because that's what the podcast is about but how important is the victory yeah massive just for everything's momentum isn't it it, it all points back to that first season down here where Luton got promoted they had a two or three game maybe it's even a four game blip and then 20 odd games they just went on a run it's something that Sunderland failed to do every single time we can go I mean, on a run, just a bad one. Well, yeah, very good <laughs> point. I mean, our maximum is like an 11, 11 game run, 12 game run. And even that was under my favourite person, Mr. Phil Parkinson. Do you know what I mean? So, God. Uh, yeah, we just, it's, it's, this, it's, the, it's the attention to detail, isn't it? Turning the draws into wins, turning the losses into draws, unlikely results, getting up ahead of steam. Yeah, all we can do is exactly like you said, mate take it in isolation we won yesterday who cares if we deserved it or not we won we got three points on the board we got ourselves moving at one point we were like seventh going to be eight points behind league leaders we're now in a stronger position than that it's a bonus let's hope we can get a bit of confidence and you know start playing football again really yeah, we'll take it. And for Ipswich, Craig, obviously, final question. A bad start's been arrested, you would say. It was a pretty bad start from Ipswich's perspective. But yesterday's defeat leaves you in 10th. You're seven points behind ourselves. We've played two, uh, you've played two more games than us. 
Wotherham and Charlton, two of your next three. Um, I really like Paul Cook and his voice changing ability, but is it crunch time for, for Paul Cook? It's really interesting, actually, because pretty much everyone, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Paul Cook from an Ipswich Town perspective. You know, he's just such a nice, likeable chap, and people are just willing him to do well, you know, just so yeah. desperate for him to do well. But as as Dave says, it's consistency, isn't it? You, any team gets consistency, a bit of momentum behind them, they'll fly up the league. You know, you, your two games in hand could be absolutely crucial for you getting in the top two, let alone cementing a, a playoff position. But as you say, Graham, you know, we're seven points behind you. You've got two games and it's going to be a bit of a slog for us to get sixth now. Um, so by the time we play each other, what, four weeks time, I think we play each other again. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, it'd be intriguing to know where we're at. You know, I don't think anyone's panicking on our side in terms of Paul Cook. There's been a hell of a lot of investment and a lot of the players that have come to Ipswich have played for Paul Cook before, you know. So there's, there's that to to think about as well. So I don't know is the, is the honest answer. Um, I can't imagine we'll be doing anything stupid anytime soon, but we really do need to start seeing some consistency rather one step forward, two steps back. It needs to be consistently going forward. So yeah, we'll see you again in four weeks time. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. I think that's a good end to show that four weeks time. Let's see where we're at. Could be anywhere. Could both be when you managers knowing this league and knowing, <laughs> knowing our clubs, but um, I've been saying subscribe recently and if you use your unsubscribe, so don't subscribe. Um, <laughs> please don't um, actually a few you have I don't know apparently if I get to a thousand something happens someone said Ben, ben told me in the preview I get paid if we uh, if I get to a thousand subscribers so let's test it let's just get there then you can uns- <laughs> then you can unsubscribe I don't know what happens if you then unsubscribe but we'll try it nonetheless um, but thanks for tuning in if you have as, as always I hope you've enjoyed it if you haven't you know that's just the way it goes I guess um, but thanks for just tuning leave, in just yeah. leave us a one star review you know, oh, just give us some grief didn't say that <laughs> Give them, them some off. grief. Don't give me grief. Give them some grief. But thanks for tuning in, everyone. On a serious note, three points is nice to have for once. And, and thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about us getting three points. Cheers.